So I just wanted to speak for a few minutes before the loving kindness and um, I just want to acknowledge that um, this this work within ourselves is uh, paramount, and that sense of taking one hundred percent responsibility for our activations, our suffering, and it doesn't mean that at times that there may be, and I'll use the word carefully, wise action. Someone had asked me about, what about social justice? And, you know, I I think there is such a a thing, of course, in helping to promote the betterment for the world. But There's an old uh, folk song that says, let there be peace on earth, let it begin with me. And be careful that um, sometimes our, our activism, that we can be just like the one that we're opposing, that we become the hater as well. Again, from the Dharma, the beautiful teachings is hatred never ceases by hatred. Only love ceases hatred. So yes, there may be some purposeful social justice, uh, wise action to take place. But if we become the hater, um, it's just feeding that suffering. And actually, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, he really um, says it beautifully, where he says that the ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral, begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through violence, you may murder the hater, but you do not murder hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And I have to say that I have decided to stick to love. I know that love is ultimately the only answer to the problems of humanity. I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to love. If you're seeking the highest good, I think you can find it through love. Very beautiful. Dr. Martin Luther King. And so there's a a story of how the loving-kindness meditation came about, and it's during the Buddha's time. And there was a group of monks that um, had a desire to go to a deep forest to meditate in seclusion, and so they had found a beautiful place, and they let the Buddha know about this and bid farewell, and they went off, supposedly, for a few months to meditate. And so they came to this beautiful place, and it was, it was even more beautiful than they had remembered. Temperature just right, there was a stream, there was shade, there was sun, there was 
just really pristine conditions for meditation. And so they took up residence there and began to practice within the trees and the woods, the hillsides. And unbeknownst to them, they didn't know that there was a group of tree spirits that also lived there. And at first, the tree spirits were very fine with these monastics staying there and doing practice. But after a few weeks, they saw that they weren't leaving and they were getting a little bit annoyed. So they began to do some mischief to try to you know, think that there's something strange here. Like, for example, a monk would sweep a path and just a few moments later, the path would be um, covered with leaves. They had these magical powers. They could do these things, do these tricks on them. The, someone would light a fire and the next moment the fire was out. Someone would bring some firewood and the firewood was gone. Someone brought some water, the pot was turned over. So these things were happening for a while, and the monks were, you know, they were checking with each other, did you see anything, did you see anything? And no one saw anything, but you know, this is kind of weird. But never mind, we'll stay, it's still a great place. And so they continued to stay there, and um, tree spirits saw that they weren't moving, and they were starting to get really annoyed and angry. And so they decided to scare these monks, and they had these magical powers that could transform their very beautiful, uh, translucent appearances. And their bodies actually naturally just emitted like the smell or scent of sandalwood. And their voices were very melodic, pleasing to the ears and the heart. But they had these magical powers where they could transform their appearance into real scary, hideous-looking appearances. And they could transform their sandalwood scent, sweet-smelling bodies into stinking stenches. And they began to howl. Their beautiful, melodic voices became screeches and howls. And they pounced upon these monks, and the monks got really scared and said, This forest is haunted by ghosts. We're getting out of here. So they left. And they came back, and uh, they saw the Buddha, and the Buddha said, what are you doing back here? And they explained what had happened, and the Buddha said, well, um, I, I'd like you to go back, and I want to teach you a meditation to practice each step of the way back, which is the loving-kindness meditation. So just to... Um, read it to you, it goes, this is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways. Such a beautiful instruction about how to live life. Humble, not conceited, contented, easily satisfied. Unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not being proud or demanding in nature, not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. In wishing and gladness and in safety, may all beings 
beauties. Whatever living beings they may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great, the mighty, the medium, the short or small, the seen and the unseen, and those living near and far away, even those born and yet to being born, may all beings be with peace. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will, wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects her life with her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart one should cherish all living beings, and radiating its kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded and freed from hatred and ill will. Cultivating a sense of insight and heartfulness, whether standing or walking, seated or lying, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. And by not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. These are the, are the teachings of the Metta Sutta. This practice of extending this goodwill within us and around us in all directions. And so the monks, they began to practice this each step of the way, lifting, moving, and placing, and practicing that which softens the hardened heart, this goodwill of friendliness. Well, as they get closer to the forest, the tree spirits looked out and they saw these monks coming and they were outraged. How dare they come back? And they, without even talking to any, with any of them, with each other, they just immediately transformed into even scarier looking appearances and stenches that would make you vomit and a voice so loud and screechy would almost like split your ears open. And they got ready to pounce on those monks but meanwhile, they're just walking, lifting, moving, and placing, extending their goodwill above and below and all around in all directions. And the feeling and the energy of this goodwill began to spread into the forest like a light, just beautiful breeze. <coughs> Entering into the forest, these tree spirits received this befriending, this sense of tranquility, of great kindness, of benevolence. Silently, without even speaking to one another, some of the tree spirits, actually they all first transformed themselves back into their beautiful appearances and sweet sandalwood smells and melodic voices. Some began to sweep the paths of this gathered wood and lit a fire. Some gathered water. They were so taken with this heart of goodwill. And they greeted these monks and they were just so taken with this quality of friendliness, of great kindness and ease. 
And they asked these monks, can you teach us these practices? And they said, yes, of course, you're our friends as well. And it said that, of course, that they practiced these together through the time of retreat, and they all got enlightened, and they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> I love those stories. <laughs> Such is the power of love. Letting that love into your heart now. Just feeling into it, inviting it in. And may it be effortless, just the sense of as the floor is holding you, can we just allow ourselves to be held in this goodwill? We don't have to change anything, just allowing to be held with that which softens the hardened heart, this goodwill. Allowing ourselves to rest and to be held in it. Of loving kindness. Allowing ourselves just to receive, to be held with great heart. Resting into it and being held. Wishing for our own safety and ease and opening to great compassion for ourselves, for our imperfections. Reconciling to those times I've been so hard and judgmental on myself, born out of my conditioning. And now seeing more clearly. Opening to compassion for ourselves as we are. Imperfectly perfect as we all are. The sense of meeting our own heart, reconciling these stories of our own deficiency, being hard on ourselves, these are stories we've taken on and beginning to see through them with insight holding ourselves with great mercy, great compassion, just as we are. And in that spirit of healing, also just making peace to anyone that I've heard in any way, knowingly or unknowingly. 
and this wise understanding of where I was, the wounds I was living with, the pain, the unawareness, making peace to those I've hurt. And becoming what's known as a guardian of the world, learning from what we've done, making peace. peace as well to anyone that has hurt me. Just as I have hurt others born out of my own unawareness or woundedness or fears, that too others may have hurt us. May all beings discover the gateways into the heart and grow with more awareness. Making peace even to those that have hurt me. Or at the very least, making peace so that we can neutralize the harboring of resentments and grudges that are so poisonous to our own well-being. Making peace with our own hearts, the dissolving of resentments, grudges, ill will, the harboring of such pain. Making peace. And so humble to know, of course, that yes, each of us may have difficult ones in our life, and very humbly speaking, we may be a difficult one for another. May all beings discover the gateways into the heart. This practice of great love, that which softens the hardened heart, making peace. Making peace and opening into some gratitude. As we take a moment as well to just reflect upon our benefactors in our life, our teachers, our mentors, these teachings that have gladdened the heart. And taking some moments, just feeling into the gratitude of our teachers. Any blessings that have helped point the way, these four heavenly messengers that have been a shining star for us, a shining heart, gratitude to our teachers.
And just as well, coming back into our own hearts, just feeling our hearts with tenderness, allowing just to receive, being with ease within the body and the mind and the heart, in the skin, the bones, into the marrow. Allowing and resting, being held with this ease of being, of great kindness. And is letting that great kindness begin to expand and spread to those that are near and dear. Our family, our friends, our community. Wishing in gladness and in safety may all my near and dear ones be safe and with ease. May they know peace. May they know their own hearts. Loving kindness to the near and dear ones. And from the near and dear ones, letting just extend to our neighbors, to our acquaintances. And even to all just the fellow beings just like me, wanting to be safe, wanting to be happy. Most every being's wish, all of our fellow sisters and brothers in this world, wanting to be fed, to be sheltered, to have love, to be loved. Extending this goodwill to those near and far, to our fellow human beings, wherever you are. Pervading this goodwill to all human beings. Standing this goodwill to those that are ill or in pain. Pain in the body, pain in the mind and heart. Sending love to those that are so self-righteous and filled with hate. Sending love to those that are scared and hungry. 
extending goodwill to all the suffering beings, those that feel so insecure they have to be in asserting their sense of superiority over others. May all these beings find the gateways into the heart. And to anyone that is suffering anywhere, extending our goodwill, This goodwill, of course, extending through the human world and also extending to the non-human world. To the beings that live on or in the earth. To those that live in the waters and to those that live mostly in the air. Extending our goodwill to all creatures, great and small. May all these beings no peace. Healing this loving kindness and letting just spread throughout this world, up into the atmosphere and downwards towards the depth, the core of this earth. Standing this goodwill to the earth, to the atmosphere within this solar system. Extending it above and below and all around in all directions throughout this universe. All beings here and anywhere and everywhere. May all beings no peace. These are the teachings of the Dharma, the royal, sacred teachings of the heart. May all beings dwell with peace. And again, just feeling into our own bodies, sitting on these cushions or chairs. And again, just allowing ourselves to be held in this goodness, this great kindness. Allowing ourselves to be held with ease and great compassion, just as we are. <clears throat>
just allowing ourselves to be held with great kindness. And I'll just end with a beautiful reading from an American-Palestinian poet named Naomi Shehab Nye in her poem, Call Kindness. It's one of my many favorite poems. And it, it comes from a story that she witnessed some very horrific things and then that all that was left that she understood was kindness. That's kind of the background of this poem. I won't go into the full story. But she says, before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things and feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. And what you held in your hand and what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go. So you, know, so you know how desolate the landscapes can be between the regions of kindness. And how you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop and the passengers eating corn and chicken will stare out those windows forever. And before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where an Indian and a white poncho lies dead on the side of the road, and you must see how this could be you. And how that he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. And before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing, and you must wake up with sorrow and speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows. And you see the size of that cloth. And then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. It's only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. It's only kindness that raises his head from the crowd of the world to say it is I you have been looking for and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. And then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. So you can say that these teachings of the Dharma are these great teachings of kindness, of wisdom. May all beings dwell with peace.